Success is not a destination. Success is a journey. When you stop learning, you start dying. Learning is the key to greatness. Enrich your life as you join Yemi Davids on your journey to greatness. Achieve greatness. Greatness. So you find that in Europe, young folks left many churches because the music changed, but the church did not change. The hymnals were still on, slow, and then the hip-hop came up, and there was this flow, blah, blah, you know, everything was going on fine. And then the older guy said, oh, no, it's too fast. We're nearer to God. Nearer, my God. <laughs> and then the young folks just left church. If you're not careful in Nigeria, it's going to get to that. A lot of our young folks listen to, listen to the band. I'm sure you know that. Uh-huh. They listen to all those folks. They, they have it. They have Franklin. The second one will be the band. They just, it's a mixture of everything. But if we can offer them appropriately, maybe it will help them grow spiritually. So I, I feel we all need to change. I had to change myself. There's so many things I wasn't used to that I had to start working on. Well, it starts with your mindset. Your mindset. So uh, the better the leader, the better the business, the better the organization. Everything rises or falls on leadership. Leadership is either a blessing or a curse. It is a disaster to stay under a non-growing leader. It is a huge disaster to stay under a non-growing leader. So my charge to everyone is never ever stop growing don't say you are there don't don't think you know everything never stop growing keep developing yourself attend relevant conferences i had to get some books from the us there's some books I had though. I had Kenneth Hagin, I have Kenneth Hagin materials, fantastic materials that strengthens my faith i have so many but i now saw some new materials coming in i saw a book you know, written about how to deal with young folks, you know, and the title is, You Lost Me. So, the book was now talking about how, <laughs> why I won't come to church as a young folk. And our country is getting to that. Our children, I mean, I have three daughters, and they ask you questions. And I don't think the church is really ready to answer those questions. When I was growing up, when daddy tells you, read the Bible, it's an ob- just obey. That's no, it's yes or no. But it's not the same now. Your, your son or daughter will ask you, why should I read the Bible? It will now dawn on you that, ah, okay, why? Why? You know, okay, it's the word of God. Okay, why is this particular textbook not the word of God? Because God wrote this one. Ah, daddy, God wrote it. When did God write it? My daughter was asking Pastor Bimbo one day, he said, God, God, I said, there's one God, and God is in you. God, is, ah, why is God everywhere like that? <laughs> and you wonder, why do you explain? You say God is one, and, and then you say God is in me, God is in you. Ah, he's in you, too, he's in me. Ah, what kind of thing is that one? You know? <laughs> and that's still at a very young age, but teenagers have sophisticated questions. Things like, why, why, shouldn't, I, why shouldn't I make love or have sex before marriage? Are you going to say, because the Bible says so? <laughs> That one doesn't hold waters anymore. So there are a lot of materials coming in. And you know, what, what, what I love is when things like that happen, God would have gone ahead and prepared. But will you read the book of the man he sent? 
to answer those questions. The one he sent through Kenahagin, Lesser Sumra, we've learned that one. Now, he has now sent some new ones that will help us manage it. But some people are like, no, no, these Americans are not now. Like, look at the gay thing that's coming up. It's coming, whether you like it or not. It's going to roll in small, small. How are you going to now handle it? You can't just come and be shouting, it is bad. It is horribly bad. A man and a man. I'm saying that because some of your, our children, the school they were attended here or abroad, some of their classmates, their parents will be like that. And they will love their parents, I mean their friends. And you can't tell your daughter that their friends are living in, and their, their, their friends' parents are living in sin. Okay, why? Because I can two men marry. That, that's how they want it. I know, no, no, God doesn't want it like that. Why doesn't God want it like that? And there are answers. There's nothing so difficult that cannot be answered. Shocked at fantastic answers. Things that, okay, this is good. I can explain this. This is real. So, because before uh, Herod wanted to kill Jesus, God was always a step ahead. And God is always a step ahead. So he has prepared certain ministries, certain individuals to handle these questions. I just want we pastors, leaders, to open up our hearts. And, and I mean, I saw a book on social media when I was in the U.S. On, on church. How you can use that to maximize your ministry potential. I have to buy it. Well, can I hear him? I don't write that. Bishop Wedeko might not even write that. They have done their part in that sense. But our dispensation needs something totally different. So please, when I say leadership change, don't say I'm growing. What kind of growth? Is it the routine or there are things that, you know, even God had to appeal to Peter to, to talk to Cornelius. Because Peter was quoting to God that you said this thing is unclean. I don't go eat. God said, okay, I have now made it clean. God had to come in a vision and that happens during transitions, when God wants to do something new, he begins to send new messages as it were. Some individuals refuse it and their ministries dry up. The organizations just dry up. It happens to businesses too. Something begins to happen. They say, no, we don't do it like that. So in 1964, that is the policy we have in this organization. Blah, 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 blah. And then suddenly they wake up one day, no more business. So there are some things you have learned that you need to unlearn. Some things you need to literally throw it away because it can't work anymore. For instance, you know, we had the pastor's meeting yesterday. We were talking about time, time, timeliness. And, you know, one of our pastors was telling us we have to work with time. We are still struggling to keep our time short. But it still amazes me how some ministries still spend so much time. In, in the business world today, how you process things matter a lot. You're processing. You go to a bank, you want them to respond to you on time. So you can, people now come to church, you can't be there, and then you now do a service from 8 a.m., running to 2 p.m. We ban it in this meeting. 8 a.m., one Sunday service. One Sunday service from morning. What, what, what are we doing? It worked before, perhaps, but it can't work anymore. It can't work anymore. You can't be doing prayer and worship for two and a half hours. Even the Holy Ghost said, ah, I have received everything. I, I, okay. Oh, I'm even full. I'll go and visit the other church. I'll come back. And then he left to the other church. And then on getting back, you are still worshiping me, okay? 
And then the pastor comes with everlasting gospel. Everlasting gospel. Preaching on purpose in a service. Purpose, prosperity, holiness, second coming in a service. If you eat all the things, you eat the goosey, granite, everything, will you be okay? As a human being. You purge. Leadership. Change. It's a disaster to stay under a non-growing leader. The time will come very soon that wearing suits will not be something okay. It's even coming. Because some of our young folks, when they see you with suits and everything, they just run away. This rabbi. Eh? Eh? And you, you ask him, is everything okay with you? Everything's okay with me. Oh. Everything's okay. They won't confess anything to you. Eh? Uh, priest. And what is pastoring when people cannot connect with you? When they, when they cannot come and tell you, I made this mistake, I'm depressed, I'm distracted. But for them to be able to do that, there needs to be a connection. So if you are too far from them, you are in Asso Rock and they are in Lagos, there's a disconnect. So we need to open up our mindset. I had to get a lot of books on parenting. Parenting in our own age, we, I don't want to use the word difficult. We need a lot. <laughs> a lot. A lot. Even me, I don't, use, I don't want to say I'm scared. Unlike when I was growing up, obey. Just obey. Don't go out and play football. That's the end. Your child will ask you, why shouldn't I play football? Give me a reason. One of, one of my friends was, in a, was talking to his son, and everything he was telling the son, there was a why. He had to make a law in the house that you shouldn't pass four wives. Four. 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 That by the fourth one, you must obey. Regardless of where we are. Because he will ask you. He will ask you, why should I go the extra mile? Why can't, why can't I do the normal? I don't want to do extra mile. Maybe I'll do my job. It's good to do the extra mile because they will pay you extra. What if I don't want the extra? And that's the kind of mind they're growing up with. And they will ask their teachers in school. They can't answer. If the church cannot answer, it will affect their serving God. So we, we, we just believe that um, we need to open up our hearts. I, I was in um, that church in Oklahoma last year, and I, Willie George is over 60, but the church is young. Oh, you need to see the lighting, the worship, and the power of God. He's Kenneth Hagin's son. In terms of in Oklahoma, he had other mentors all around, but you could see that somewhere along the line, he had to open up his heart so that he wouldn't become out of place. Businesses can go out of place. Churches can go out of place, and they wonder what is happening. So I just want us as leaders to open up, as business people to open up. Things are changing fast, but can you catch up? Can, are you ready to receive something new? Don't just stay with the old, something new, new dimensions, new, new information, new ways of doing things that makes you relevant. That's why we have that, you know, I, I was praying about the, for this message. Okay, let, what, what do we do? We need character, relevance, and an impact. If you are relevant enough, you have impact. Now, about character, I, I, I spoke with Dr. Maris yesterday evening. I said, well, you're going to just first, character said, he's excited about that. He's ready. That's been his theme for this year, character and leadership. He has a new book on that. So we're doing that a lot. But you see, no matter how skillful you are, when people can't trust you, they won't do business with you. One day I was meditating on all this issue of somebody should not sin and we should not fall. And I realized that the matter is not really about God. The issue is not, ah, God has forgiven me now, I can move on. Ah, ah, no, it's not that. 
It's much more than that. God has forgiven many ministers or many leaders have fell, but people don't trust them. Trustworthiness is currency. And God can't do that one in that sense. Someone they had their doubting. You know, that's what that's okay. Let, let, let. Look at this example. You go to a particular uh, filling station to get fuel, you know, a particular one, and then they cheat you. And then you experience that with three of them. Somehow, you don't buy with them. You don't. That, that, they always cheat. They might have changed, but you have other options. And while you are attending to the other options, if they don't do well, that's the end for that one. So we must strive to keep our testimony. Ah, trustworthiness. When we make certain mistakes, and God forbid, God keep all of us, scandal breaks out. People don't trust you. Some ministers, for instance, can't be trusted with money. Now, so when is even asking for money authentically now? They are not sure. So because of that, it can damage their finances. Have mercy on me. You press something. Praise God. Trustworthiness. There are people you see on, on the internet or in a book. You want to like them, but you are afraid of liking them. Because in your heart, hey, is it true? Is it not true? You know? I mean, God forbid. That, that, that's something you will hear about me now. I mean, God forbid. Say amen. Yeah. Say it again now. Yeah. <laughs> about, about ladies. And then you see me talking to a lady innocently. Do you know, start thinking something is happening. But for somebody else, you won't think it. A man looks at the outward appearance. So the moment people can't trust your business, can't trust your church, can't trust you as a man of God, your, their response to you begins to dwindle. And when that begins to happen, it's hard to recover. Because people talk. We call it a recommendation. The way they recommended Joseph in the palace, somebody will say, don't buy fuel in that filling station. They always cheat you and shortchange you. And because of that, they avoid you, they avoid you. You now need to go on a whole campaign. Either give people free fuel for a month and do it right for them to... If, it's hard. But while you are doing that, the new people that have received them too are doing free fuel. So how do you survive? So while we are developing our capacities to, for leadership, uh, for business, to do exploits, let us also keep our character in shape. That one is a lot of work, man. When I'm buying books on finances in ministry, breakthrough ministry, I always want to pick one that will help my character because this flesh is a beast. Oh, boy. You cut your nails today, by tomorrow morning, it's growing again. So that you overcame a sin last year, does only 25 will not show up this year. It's very annoying, isn't it? Yeah. Annoying. You can't say I've overcome. One of our pastors was sharing some weeks ago, he said he, he prayed for sanctification. He prayed until he thinks or he thought he had received sanctification. That he can never be tempted again. And then as he left the prayer place, he was now going home in a bus. A lady now sat beside him and then, ah, am I not sanctified? And then the thing came up and he said, ah, hey, why will I be free until Jesus comes? <laughs> In fact, the higher we go, the more critical it is. And we must move up. 
We must make progress. When ministry is not growing, you don't even have time for ladies. Do you have time? You are praying for growth, breakthrough, yeah, fasting. Ask this thing, Lord. A lady that comes and says, like, leave me alone. But now church is now growing. Monies are now coming. It's harder to drive. It's harder to drive. It's now that kind of Joseph's kind of, where you, it's your decision not to. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Sometimes I look at our generals. When people criticize them, I laugh. Very few can stand at that level. Very few. And still be saying, do you know what they are carrying? Just imagine. Just imagine a church with almost three universities and then branches all over Africa. And just imagine. Some people will just, but they can't walk on the street. They will just be doing, they will become masquerade because they will wear everything. They will just, you wear bangles, you wear silver. Because what kind of car do you want to use? What car fits that level? What car, which limousine will fit it? One day my pastor came to our church and he was praying, that was last year, June, and he was praying for me and he said, may it be that the higher you go, the humbler you become. That one is more than a million dollars. That the higher you go, the, because that humility valve will keep you from self-destruction. Opportunities will abound to do this, to do that. You have to get back and check yourself. Should I do this? Can I do this? And when Satan presents all those things to us, it doesn't show you the repercussion. It shows you the honey, the, the sweetness. He won't tell you that there's a sting involved. The same him tempting you is the same one that will go and report. Terrible. I was joking when, when I was sharing in worry about the story of um, David, how he was tempted by Beersheba. I said, why was it that it was the time David went to the top of the palace that she was taking a bath? Why? There were two demons involved. Perhaps. One was pushing him. Go up. Go up. There's no, there's no electricity. It's hot here. Go up. Go to the top. And the other one there, they were communicating by all this Bluetooth. It's going up now. Move out. Now is your time to take your bath. It's hot here too. Go and take, go and take your bath. Go and take your bath. Because, and that's why he said, watch and pray. Let's before, maybe if he had prayed more, as those two demons were organizing, an angel would say, oh, the Lord, you can't go now. Stay here. And then on stepping up, she would have finished taking a bath. That would have saved David a lot of heartache. If you know what came out from that, that sin, that seemingly innocent sin, you will know that it was organized. He ended up killing someone, someone that did not kill his boss. So, Saul wanted to kill him. He had opportunity twice and he refused. Even his lieutenant said, let's do it. He said, no, that is not a murderer. That means killing Uriah was not something he planned, but there was a, an enemy that wants to bring leaders down. So we must keep praying. He wants you, when you fall from this chair you are sitting, it's not hard. But when you are at the top of a tree, you may not rise again. So, as leaders, we must keep challenging ourselves, whether you are in business or you are in ministry, that what is a success today can become an evil story tomorrow morning. 
if we don't keep this beast down. Paul says, I, I put under my body and I bring it into subjection. I checked one verse and said, I punish my body. I, I punish, I pummel my body. This flesh, he, he doesn't like to fast. He doesn't like to, to, he doesn't like discipline. So you find that when a church or business is growing, the leaders stop the things they were doing when they started. When they started, they were not fasting, but they don't eat. They do all kinds of exercise, but when the thing begins to grow up, you now find that you start dropping them, and as you are dropping them, the rate of success drops. Character. I want to believe that God will use um, Dr. Miles to help um, reinforce that a bit more. And then relevance. Relevance, I, I, I think I've already uh, been able to deal with that um, it's just the fact that there's always a word for the noun. I, I, I shared the story of Abraham. When God said to Abraham, go and kill Isaac, your son. Is that not powerful? And sacrifice him. And then, and then he got to the place of sacrifice. And the same God. Because people tell you God told me. And you wonder why things are not working. God told, what's his name? Abraham, that go and kill him. The same God now came and said what? Don't kill him. What if he missed that? He missed the text or the email. And you know, maybe God was trying to get to him. Like God tries to get to us leaders through, you know, and then you're not hearing. God now sends somebody. Ah, hey, Abraham, don't kill him again. God said he wants you not to kill him. Hey, shh, God told me. Ah, and many of us do that. God told me to kill him. Ah, Abraham, I perceive that God said you're not kill him again. No, ah, God told me to kill him. What was obedient can become murder. So you find that organizations that are doing well at the time can just change gear from success to failure suddenly. You wonder what happened? The instruction changed, but they didn't get it. A ministry can stay in a particular location beyond time. And the glory shifted, but they enjoyed the location too much to move. And when glory moves, that's it. So you find that some churches in a place some years ago, they were the talk of the town, but they are still there. The glory shifted, they refused to shift. So in, in terms of relevance, the question is, what is God saying to you about your business now? You started a line of business four years ago. It's doing well. Is God asking you to add another line? You get it? Or change the operations? You started a church somewhere in Abuja. Fine. Is God asking you to do something? What is God saying now? What is God saying now to us? He said, I agree. He spoke to you, yes. But what is God saying to us now? If we can capture what he's saying in the now, we will not lose relevance. I love Jonah in the Bible. I, I love his story. Jonah, <laughs> Jonah, Jonah. God spoke to Jonah to go to Nineveh. God Almighty, not his friend. And he had... He not carry his bag. Say like yeah. I, I'm not going to suffer. I'm going to Las Vegas. Tashish. Do you know that applies to businesses? If you're a Christian businessman, you can't just start a branch in Ghana. Do you, do you feel a go ahead? Or you are doing it because they say Ghana is open. I know many retired people that started a line of business that 
wrecked their finances. It wasn't their own giftings, but they said that was raining. Raining. Cyber Cafe is raining. Pure water is raining. Fish farming. So whether it's their area of gifting, whether God spoke to them, it doesn't matter. Now invested all their pension, whatever they call it, into it. And then they suffered. So are we doing something because others are doing it or is a word for you? Now this is a critical part of success because an instruction for you can be totally different from the other person. You look at Ayurveda, therefore, when he's, when, when he's preaching, he wears uh, flowing gown, the anointing flows, you would think it's in that. And you now be planning to buy extra yards. <laughs> well, you are still sewing it. You now saw Pastor Deboe, we are the. Where will I go now? We are the conductor. Speaking slowly. I thought it was the fast way. You see, what is all this now? So that means it's not in that. It's in the word to them. If a leader can hear God, he has failed. May the Lord open our ears today. I want us to pray towards the end of this meeting because uh, there's something God might be saying to each one now. A step that you will take in the month of April that will change your business. A proposal you need to put together and send somewhere. A ministry step. I know you've been hearing God, but what is he saying now? What is he saying now? What is he saying now? There are times God will come to you with strong correction. I've been corrected like that. But every time you yield to him, you flourish afresh. Whether you're in business or you're in ministry, the Holy Ghost is our guide. And he will help us to flourish. And that will keep us relevant. Many times when you don't even have all the details of um, business and everything, but you are close to the ears of God, he will give you an instruction which later you will find that it conforms to business models. But you didn't know it. But he knows everything. You just said, okay, do it like this. Later you now see a book now telling you, ah, well, God told me to do this now. I thank God. Praise the Lord. So I pray that we all hear, you know, when I say hear God, it's not... I mean, we are leaders. It's not the uh, CEO Johnson, thou shalt now move to Nasarawa State and start a new line of business. No, it's that gentle nudge that comes again and again if we are ready to hear it. If we are ready to, you know, if, God, if you pray to God, he will, tell you, he will tell you to stay where you are, you stay. But it's still good to know that he's telling me to stay where I am. It's as good as move away from where you are. Because some people were to stay, they moved, they suffered. Some were to move, they stayed, they suffered. There's always a season. There's always a journey. Praise God. And then, of course, impact. Woo, impact. The best of the wine in John chapter 2 was later for the end of the party. Isn't it, Pastor Priest? That they enjoyed wine in the in Cana of Galilee. And when Jesus came, he brought sweeter wine. And the Holy Ghost uh, put in my heart that the best of God is never in the past. And that's what I want us to know. I was worried. I I was sharing with pastor. I said, when we look at great businessmen, great ministries, our admiration must turn into a responsibility. Because they will not always be young. Pastor Deborah is 72 now, isn't it? Pastor Deborah will be 60 by September. As they age, God wants to raise people. That's the joy of fathers. So as much as we admire Rehan Bonke, we need new Bonkes in Nigeria. 
Not that uh, after he now dies, no, no evangelist can do crusade and only 25 people will attend it. Because nobody took the baton from him. If Christ tarries, God wants to raise great evangelists, great ministers. We look at great ministries today, thank God for them. But God's plan is that the end of the party is sweeter than the beginning. That was what he told me, that as much as you respect these, people, these great people, my, my, my generals, you must know that you also have an assignment. And the earlier we open our heart to it, the better. So when you know that you are in line, then you will wake up. I've seen families where the daughter was behaving butterish. Butter huh? When I was growing up, butter, you know, everything. And suddenly, the mom died. In one year, she became a mother. She grew fast, mentally, emotionally, uh, responsibly. Had to take care of the younger ones, you know. It's skyrocketed. Because sometimes when people are available, we relax too much. Ah, they are there. They are the ones doing it. No, God doesn't pray like that. Though. He always prepares a generation. Abraham, Isaac. Don Moe shouldn't be the only one that will lead us in worship till we die. He had done his own part. He, he would, God will now raise some new people that will write songs. That even when John Moe sees it, he will thank God. That, ah! What a joy that when Jesus left, the disciples were able to take it up. So pastors, business people, we must arise and shine. Enough of just admiration. We must take responsibility. And that is very huge. So when I, when I have privilege of sitting with any of our generals, I'm asking questions with a sense of responsibility because one day daddy will not be available. And then you too might need to counsel younger people. And then it goes on and on, on and on, on and on like that. I'm even concerned that I'm aging self. In military, not every general goes to the front, war front. Most of the time they provide you with strategy, but you must go and fight. The time will come when Pastor Deboe can't be going everywhere like that. It will soon be 70, it will be 80. That does it not mean when it's not 80, science and wonder should stop in the body of Christ in Nigeria. Or are there people that God wants to use that we give him rest? Say, ah, this guy can even do it better. Go and meet him. Even in politics, I don't know, do we have Christian politicians? That one is a tender area. But we need them. We need Daniels. We need Josephs. And I hope they are in this meeting. Amen. That you will run government for four... We have our students from Obafemola University. Uh, uh, let's put our hands together for them. Uh, we appreciate you for coming. And one of the reasons why I say you should come is because some of you ladies will marry the governor. Some of you will be the governor yourself. Stealing is evil. I, I want someone in this country as a Christian to run government for four years and let us know your salary per month and use the entire money for public money for public goods. Somebody should start it. You, I mean, like Obi Akwezili did, she had to stop collecting some of those allowances to run a government well as Minister of Education. Now she's still relevant. She refused many of the allowances. Go and check. She, 
So you can be like Daniel. You can be like Joseph. You don't have to be a thief. The challenge is the system is very... <laughs> I, tell them, I told them, Sam, it's like deep freezer. <laughs> Heavy one. When they put you inside, at first you like this. After a while, the movement begins to reduce. <laughs> After a while, Frieza and you are deep. <laughs> but somebody is better to decide ahead than them just jumping, putting in the deep freezer. I wasn't prepared. When, as a student now in final year, you know you have a calling to politics. You make a decision of whether that's a commissioner, I will not do extra. I will stay within my allowance. And if the allowance be too much, you refuse a particular one to set the pace. And then use the monies for public goods. It's like witchcraft. You go to Dubai, you go to London as a politician, and then you come back and you don't do anything. It's horrible. That's witchcraft. There's no greater witch than the politicians in our country. Because the road you refuse to build, people die. And what is that a witchcraft? The aviation you don't handle, plane crash, is that not witchcraft? And how much will you how much will you steal? When our church started, thank God, my pastor said to me, separate your money from church money. What a counsel. That you are Yemi David, this is Global Impact Church, separate it. When there is no separation, people will not trust you. And when they don't trust you, they won't give. So when they are giving, they know they are giving to us, even me, I'm giving towards the church. They said, I have my account, church has an account, even me, I give. But now that you don't, you mix everything together as a businessman, we don't know which one is capital, you just come to the place of business, you tell your accountant, can you give me 25,000? Okay, oh, God, for what? For what? Are you doing of this business? You know? You're already killing the future of that business. They don't run business like that. You start a business, put yourself on salary. I was earning 10000 when I started church here. 10000 Pastor Bimbo was earning 7500 Allow me. $7,500. And then they moved me from 10000 to 15000 What's the promotion? And church was getting millions from the onset. That's how this, this ministry can develop. If I was now using all those monies for suit, we will never be here where we are at the good land. So we need that kind of fiscal discipline, you know, to be relevant. In fact, I think to be a relevant politician is very easy now. Just don't steal. It's, I mean, just don't steal. Maybe you should publish your income every month in the newspaper. Let them see it. Let them see the balance. If you are buying any vehicle, let them know where the vehicle is coming from. Not that the vehicle is armored. And your allowance is not armored. Yeah. Praise God. I think I should stop. Is Pastor Godman around? Okay. Please bring Pastor Godman in. Let's put our hands for Chief. I call him Chief. Uh, we'll go straight to Pastor Godman's uh, session so that we can ride with time properly. Um, Pastor Godman is my friend. I I was privileged to have him as my best man when I got married. And 
And the reason why we always want to have him speak at this forum is the mix of experience that he has. He served as a pastor in Daystar for almost 15 years plus, and I loved the, I loved the transition process. Very, very okay. And then he started a church in Lekki, uh, the Elevation Church. And it's amazing how things are happening. When you serve well, uh, you earn well. <laughs> oh, she's, he's here with his wife, uh, Pastor Bola Akinlabi. Let's welcome them. Amen. So I tell Pastor Godman that Elevation Church is not uh, three and a half years old. If you tell pastors that, they can flint. If, if we should add the ones you served in Desta. So if you served 16 years, 16 plus 3, so Elevation Church is 19 years old. But not everyone that served for 15 years are doing well. Are not, well let me not use the word well, please. Forgive me for that. Uh, let, me, let me not say that. Not everyone that served for that number of years is able to maximize the opportunity. Let me, use it. Let me say it that way. And I've seen him maximize that. I've seen the fruits of their church. So whether you're a young pastor here or you've been in ministry for 20 years, you can learn from Pastor Godman. So the next uh, 45 minutes, one hour, we're going to be listening to the senior pastor of the Elevation Church. Welcome, sir. You're coming? Ah, can we rise up on our feet as we welcome Chief? <laughs> Praise God. Uh, please let's have our seats. Uh, Father, we thank you. 